Hello. Hi. <laughs> that is so convincing, Rob. Well, you know. Are you ready for another episode of Parabattle? I know I am. Are you, Allison? I am. Oh, well, I am too. Jeff is ready too. So what's our topic today? We are going to talk about the Bridgewater Triangle. Spooky. Dun, dun, dun. All right. I like it. Is it really spooky? It's or? not the Bermuda Triangle. It's the Bridgewater Triangle. And a lot of people will probably confuse that right off the bat and say that we're just being a bunch of bozos and we don't right. know what we're talking about. Right. Totally different. Because it is us. But... This is on land. The Bermuda Triangle is in the sea or the ocean. Whoa. So, we have it on land. We have it on land. Okay. So, can we take a cruise and... No. No. Well, you just... can take a cruise in a car. You could get oh. there very easily because it's just south of Boston. 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 There's, so there's no boat ride. You park your car in the yard. We don't get off at certain stops. You go on no. the rotary. No, no one is biting on this. Okay. You go down to the waff. <laughs> the waff. <laughs> get a waffle. <laughs> you have yourself a beer at the waff. <laughs> well, anyway, so. It's horrible Boston accent. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I went. Well, anyway, I knew where it was going. <laughs> So a few weeks back, we posted out there. What did we post out there, folks? We want some ghost stories, fan mail, anything, some of stuff. Because that's what we like to do. So we actually got a couple in, and I'd uh, like to address the crew on this. What? Yeah, I know. People say, "Hey, you know." I find this hard to believe. I know. I think. I, I think your mom I, wrote in. I was going to say. I thought just Rob's <laughs> my mom listens to the no, show. My mom has only listened to one episode so far, so. Well, my mom's beating her there, but she does keep telling me not to curse so much. Oh. And you must listen to mother. It's pretty funny because I don't think I curse that much. I, mean, I don't know who either. instigates the cursing. No, <laughs> Hand I, goes up. I think it just happens naturally. I think it's just, yeah, I think we go with the flow and if we feel it, I mean, we do look, it. I put an explicit tag on every episode that goes up on iTunes just in case because we say some shit sometimes. Ooh. There we go. We just earned it. <laughs> <laughs> and we are flagged. And see, Mom, it was not me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll try cleaning up the shows for all the mums. How's that? <laughs> was that English? Nope. Or, or... We don't know what it was. <laughs> you had a bad accent. I figured I'd throw my mums in there, too. M-U-M, mum, <laughs> mum, is from Britain. That's is it like a flower? Say. That's English. M-O-M oh, is mom. It's Ma. Well, what's the flower? Ma. Just, like, just like the Wendigo, Wendigo situation from last time. This is mum. Mom. When to go? When to go? I think in Boston Mama. it would be more like ma. 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 It sounds like I'm going to I'm going to Boston Garden. Ma. You got some Mama. beers, ma? I'm going to the wharf, ma. What is the wharf? The wharf. Is that the... It's the harbor. It's the guy it's the from Star Trek with the weird head. Right? <laughs> Wait. Isn't it? I don't know. I don't know what that Is it? Is it? Wharf. It's wharf. That's it. Wharf. <laughs> Not like wolf. Wharf. The wolf is by the harbor. Oh, this quickly went everywhere. <laughs> well, let's let's get to some fan mail. All right, let's. I got one here. It says people just started writing and they just deleted it because they were like, forget it. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I caught it before they could pull it. No, this one's to the Parababble crew. It's just a general one. It says, "I'm semi-new to the paranormal field. I'm 26 year old. 26 years old. But in your experience, do you find that once you understand the basics of ghost hunting, that your experiences do not grow anymore. I see a lot of ghost hunters that are all pretty much have the same answers to the same old questions. Is there a way to keep growing in the field and not get stuck in a rut? First of all, I'd like to say for the record that this person is younger than me. 
<laughs> this is Justin from Germantown, Ohio. Germantown? Yeah. I can't do an accent for that. <laughs> no. yeah. um, if Goose is listening, how do you do Ohio? <laughs> I I think that no, you don't. I mean, people get set in their ways, but if you you need to constantly keep an open mind, you constantly need to keep learning about things because there are things that we've learned and discovered four, five, six, seven years into doing this that we thought were the right way of doing things and they were the wrong way of doing things or we find a different way of doing things that's better than what we were doing before. So I think you constantly learn and you constantly grow and adapt. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Uh, do you ever get caught in a rut and say, oh, oh God, this whole experience? Right now. Okay, well, let's just put it this way. We just had a prone meeting because prone is our paranormal researches of Niagara and Erie. That's our ghost hunting group. Mm -hmm. And we just had a prone meeting because we needed to start to figure out what we're going to do for the summer and the spring because that's usually, you know, starts to get busy for us again because we're obviously in Buffalo and can't really travel much during November, December, January, February, March, April. True story. <laughs> so, um, because there's snow on the ground here now. So, um, you know, I think that for me, I kind of felt like I was in a rut because we made a list of all those places we've investigated. Mm -hmm. and it was a lot of places. And when we tried to sit down and calculate how many investigations that was, it was like over 200 investigations. And when you think about that, it's like, okay, you just kind of reach this like precipice of like, what else is there? You've done all of this. What else really is there? So for me, I think to keep moving forward, you have to keep finding new locations. Don't keep going Absolutely. to the same places over and over and over again. It's good to do that two or three, even maybe four times because, you know, activity can amp up and change. And you learn that you're, you learn your environment in there right. too. Right. But you got to keep. You got to keep pushing to, to get into new places and to, you know, have new experiences. And I think the other thing that prevents people from moving forward in the field is that the technology needs to get better. Yeah, I think the technology has been stagnant for years now. Mm -hmm. I would totally um, agree with that. I know every time I look into, like, what people are doing now, it's like just the same variation, the same piece of equipment that really isn't worthwhile to begin with right it's like one more light on a k2 meter yeah it's like um let's see what we could stick a motion sensor or an emf detector in now it's like let's put it in a toy train let's put it in a teddy bear let's put it in whatever the hell we want to put it in as a trigger object and we'll, we'll put an emf meter in there and say that if a ghost wants to say hello it'll make the emf go up to three i don't know how it does it but it does it <laughs> you know the way i look at it i i take both of your answers and I kind of mishmash them a little together there and go with it. I think if you're doing, like you said, we've what hit over 200 places. If you continually during the warm months or the ghost hunting season, if you continually do that every weekend, I do think the physical end of doing it becomes a rut. I'm like almost, almost like a job. But what I think changes that is if you're doing new places, each time you're coming around, I think the environment is what's going to change your experience because let's face it. Yes, there's, there's ghost spirits, this, that, and everything else happening, but every building, um, every home, um, asylum, wherever you go, everything has a different story and there's a different energy that happens there. So I think there is some routine to it if you're doing a lot of investigating, but like you said, when you hit those buildings and it's a different place. That's yeah. going to cause you to have a different type of feel mm -hmm. each time. I definitely, like, 
I kind of fall in the middle with that, but maybe more towards, you know, you don't want to repeat a place that many times. Because I know I could, I'm thinking of one particular location that we've been to, and we really, it was like beating a dead horse for a while. And we just go there over and over and over, and it did become a routine to the point where it was like nothing to us to go there. And we just kept getting the same thing over and over again. Eventually we got nothing. But also at the same time, I think it's good to come back to a place if you give like a long time in between because you want to see how a place evolves and goes, especially if it's a place that only you go to, to see like how things might react over time of you going there over and over again and kind of getting them used to you and the equipment and seeing if they could learn how to interact with you better they might be more comfortable interacting with you because it's all assuming that this place is haunted and if they could use the equipment better the more you explain it the more you use it well it's almost like building a case study yeah exactly. you go to you go to a place say five six times you know maybe you go once a month you get to interact with these other spirits and things that are going on there and as you're there more like anything friends people life the more you hang out the more you do together the more familiar you get with the patterns and the things you might have better you might have better luck with your communications well it could go the other way though too because if you have spirits or ghosts or whatever in a building and they feel very comfortable then and they can communicate whenever they want to because now they know how and they've made their presence known what keeps them pushing to communicate and to make their presence known and all those things. Exactly. And that's the couple I could think of at least at least two places that we really beat to death that we've gone to that many times. We haven't been to either one in a, a while. Um, but yeah, there was a time when it just became routine where we would be going there constantly, like several times a year. Right. And don't you feel like you know who was there? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what is there left to discover and what why would something keep trying to make its presence known to you when you know it already? Mm-hmm. But what if each time you came home, and that's in quotations, to this place and you brought new questions or, you know, new facts that you might have found out about this place and you tried to verify that with, you know, that spirit or spirits that are there. Yeah, you could try it, but maybe they Or don't they care. might just run and hide. Or they don't care. Or they don't care. They have other things to do. Right. They have other levels to visit. Mm-hmm. All right. So I thought that's a pretty good answer, right? I have one more for you, Allison. Someone addressed you. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> Please shut up and talk, stop talking on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> Allison, I am a woman that has four years of ghost hunting under my belt. I came late to the ghost shows, but once I watched and looked back at my early years, I realized that this is the path that has been laid out before me. I was wondering, as a female, do you find it hard getting respect in a mostly male-dominant field? I sometimes come across the field as being a little one-sided. Is there any advice you can give to a woman, women who want to lead in the paranormal field? I love the fact that you're paired with two men on the show and your thoughts and advice really brings a balance to the show. Thanks for listening to my ramblings. It's Lisa from Minnesota. Oh, I really like Lisa from Minnesota. 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 Is that Fargo? <laughs> We're all, we've been really hitting the language barriers lately. You know, oh. it, it took everything in me to not do an Australian accent on our last episode. So. <laughs> We're just pulling it off for this one, I guess. Oh, I know. Not a single good eye, mate. Shrimp on the Barbie. Baby. Cheers. Well, we should have said we cheers. We got it in now. But anyway, so, so this okay, Lisa's so asking for this, you. This is a toughie because um, 
Yeah. Um, I think that the shows have really made it harder for women to be respected in the paranormal field because have you ever seen an ugly chick on a ghost hunting show? Rob has. I Ooh. have something to say though. Oh, never mind. Wrong question. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. In that regard, I think the ghost hunting shows make any of us have any it's hard for any of us to have any respect. <laughs> well, what the one thing she doesn't say in the in the email here is you know, it, if she's running with a paranormal crew, is it mostly men? Well, or I think is it's, it, it's always is mostly it, men. It is. Yeah. Is that the reality end of it? Or, you know, did she get that from the ghost shows? There are certain groups that are female, but they're far and few between. I can think of maybe two offhand that I know of that are just female. Um, I think that the issue comes into play because there's always, like, that macho, I'm not afraid of anything guy kind of point of view mm -hmm. and then you know the girls are always like oh i'm scared oh my god i'm so afraid i don't i don't want anything to happen to me you know so right off the bat you you don't really have as much credibility because you just painted them right in the corner well, but it makes sense show, like, yeah. yes it makes ridiculous. total sense that's really what it is you know a lot of those paranormal shows they probably just go get some chick who and hasn't even uh investigated they're just like oh she's pretty let's throw her in here and she doesn't know anything about it so she's just giving everybody all the women a bad name you know what else does not help women in this field is when they wear high heels to ghost hunts yeah can we just talk about that for a minute you, you took that's because you know what i have seen that many many times Women wearing tank tops, low-cut shirts, um, tank, you know. It's probably because it's hot in the huge, asylums. Huge, high heels. Like, if you're scared and you're going to run, where are you going, honey? You're, you're definitely going to bite Face it. plant. So, um, I think if you want to be, you know, if you want to contribute, you want to be on an equal playing field, you got to you gotta do the part. You know, you got to educate yourself. You got to understand what the equipment is used for, how it works. You have to have some good basic understanding of what you're doing and you've got to be okay with speaking up and saying things you know if you're not allowing yourself to be heard especially in a group setting you're really not going to get anywhere and no one's going to have any respect for you male or female but I think especially with women it's a little bit harder you know because I don't know I just feel like it's more of a male kind of situation than you do see females. a lot of that um you know, like she said, you know, she watches the ghost shows, but, you know, that's TV. See, our group is very strange. We're strange people? We're what strange. We? What's our ratio? Are we half and half? What are, are we, we 50 at? 50? We're half and half now. Wait, one, two, four. There's four guys? Mm-hmm. Four guys, and then there's... This is so entertaining for people listening. There's four girls and one in training. Yeah. Yeah. So we have hit group. a balance. We're like 50, 55, 45. I don't know what the ratio is. I'm not good at math. We have four guys. We have four girls. We have one extra girl who's an investigator in training right now. Yeah. Oh, so, Rob, if we don't get rid of her, we're going to be outnumbered. But that's that's not typical. But I think that's right. one of the things that makes our group as awesome as it is because we are very balanced. We have, even through the females, we have some that are a little more skeptical than believer. And we have some guys that are a little more believer than skeptical. And I think that, it's going to sound stupid, but I say it all the time, we're more like a family. I, I don't, you know, it's not so much like a group. We're more... Yeah, you don't look at it as a group. No. No. And at, you know what? And that's actually tight. a good piece Thick of... Thick as thieves. Yes, thieves. I like that. Thick as thieves. 
you should look at your paranormal group that way. If, if you're getting into it and you can get the right group of people. Right, you got to trust definitely them. definitely have to trust them at almost all extents because, let's face it, you're going to go into buildings, you're going to sit around, you're going to have to really like that person. Um, if something happens and you're there, you have to know that other person's got your back because, let's face it, you can get in some pretty sticky emotional situations and you have to really respond pretty quick to what's going on. And if you really get paired off and you end up in some dark attic somewhere and you really don't like that person, ugh, man, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to swallow. You're going to be like, I can't believe I'm doing it. And then you know what? That brings the whole harmony thing into into question, you know, because if you come in banging And heads, I think it's, it's always been a little different for me because I founded the group. So if people wanted to talk smack about it or, you know, get into it or get out of it or any of that stuff, it's always, I always feel like I have to be the heavy in those situations. So I think it automatically puts me in a different situation than it does for like the other female investigators in our group. True. You know. But in to, to go a little further on this, Lisa, I'm going to give some props here because when I came into the group, um, I pretty much just knew what everybody else would know that you would, you know, talk ghost stories or be afraid of this or there's ghosts here you had an experience. But when I came in here, Allison, and I've told this to you many times that uh, I still continually learn from Allison and I'm a guy and I see her as a strong leader in this group. So there are ways to make it work for you and Aww. have everybody together. Yep, that was a moment. Hug, I kind of want to hug you right now. It was a moment, <laughs> you know. I've always said it because if I've ever had any questions or anything that I didn't know about, I know I could go to her and she was knowledgeable. Like you said, you have to be knowledgeable, know what's going on in any position. But in the context of this question, being a male-dominant field, I came in kind of not knowing anything and I went straight to the source, which was our founder. So... Hopefully that helps you there. Yeah. Bottom line is you want to be respected, do the legwork. No one's going to hand you any respect. Yep. yep. And like anything, you might find some flack along the way for it. And, you know, hate to say it, you're a woman or, you know, this is a male dom. You might have to fight it. But you'll find the right components if you keep it together. And, you know, the harmony will come if yep. that's the case. And solidarity, sister. There it is, solidarity, sister. <laughs> we got, we got, do we got time for one more short one? I don't know. Rob's shaking his head. Rob, How short is short. All right. Well, we're like halfway through the episode almost. So. All right, we can. You know what? We can save it for our next episode because we can get to Bridgewater. Yeah, and keep sending your uh, questions in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> now we might have just a, like a fan mail section. Parababble yeah. at g parababblepodcast at gmail dot com. Yeah. Or Twitter at Parababble. Yep. Or Facebook Facebook slash Parababble. Facebook.com slash Parababble. Oh, I felt like this was a game. I know. So did <laughs> I. You can see the faces here. Is <laughs> Alice is like, yeah, maybe. Is this it? Is it? <laughs> There's just so many handles. It's I hard know. to keep them <sighs> straight. We got we got pretty lucky though. Parababble really wasn't taken anymore. So. Thank God there's no more new social media sites that we have to add on. No, no. And if, <laughs> well, we, if we do, we're taking one of them off. Well, and <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> you can catch us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Podbean. Mm -hmm. We're always there. You I'm know? working on our Instagram next. We'll Instagram. See. What, do, what do we do? Every A new show? 
Every two weeks. Every two weeks. So every usually, other Wednesday. Every other Wednesday we release our uh, <clears throat> knowledge upon you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or lack of. <laughs> but it's all in good fun. It yeah. is in good fun. And, you know, we want to thank the listeners because without it, you know, we'd probably be in a corner just talking to ourselves. But we do that anyway. So <laughs> we want to thank them. And our listenership has actually gone up, Rob. Did you know that? Has it? Yes, it has. Yes. We're getting there. Absolutely. When do you think we're going to hit 20,000? Tomorrow. Uh, right right after this one comes out. I think after this one comes out, we're pretty close. Yeah. That is sweet. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do this, people. Let's get into Bridgewater. There's a lot of yeah. a lot of craziness. Get into it. So a Bridgewater Triangle. So it's not the Bermuda Triangle. No. So can we talk a little bit about how we got to this topic first? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Case. I like how we got, I like when we tell stories of how we got led into these. Does anyone remember no. how we got into this? That's why we're going to talk about entirely. it. I know we've brought it up on the show a couple times. It was times. a show that we did on Haunted Forests. Yes. And the Freetown Forest in Massachusetts was one of the ones that came up, and it's part of this Bridgewater Triangle. So when we talked a little bit about that and mentioned that this Bridgewater Triangle had all this crazy phenomenon going on, we knew that we had to do a show just about it. So that is how we came to be at this episode right now. And that I was super great. stoked. I was really excited yeah, about it. Yeah, you were. You came hard with this one. I know. Well, it's really, really cool because it's so close to where we are. I feel like, you know, we hear about these things all the time, like, you know, Skinwalker Ranch and Area 51 and, you know, all these crazy places that have all this wacky activity going on and they're always super far away. But yeah. this it's one... Never, it's never... It's close to our backyard right. in a sense. This one we could actually get in the car and drive to. Ooh. Like, What tomorrow. are we doing after the show? I don't know, but we're going to do it. We're going to go here. Yeah. Yes. So, you want to hear just basic info on what this sure. is? Okay. So, it's a 200 square mile region in southern Massachusetts. And it there's just everything's going on here. Like, I couldn't believe, like, the list of things that is going on. I mean, you want to talk about another Skinwalker Ranch? It's this, been compared to is, it, right? Oh, yeah. I, I compare it to it just from reading. Let me just list uh, some of the some of the things. That they said have happened. There's been reports of ghosts, UFOs, strange creatures, Bigfoot. Uh, there's been cattle mutilations, phantom panthers, giant wolves, giant snakes, thunderbirds. Not the cars. Or the puppets. <laughs> and evidence of satanic rituals in the woods. I got a couple more too. Yeah, see? Ooh. It yeah. never ends. Orbs. Oh, orbs. Balls of fire or will-o'-wisps. Yep. Um, little, little tiny men. Three feet tall. Yes. Poltergeist. Poltergeist? Yep. That happens in the middle of a triangle? I guess it does. Because there's actual towns in this triangle. So sometimes the haunted activity is at people's houses and other locations within that town. This okay. whole triangle encompasses, I think, what, six or seven towns? Uh, I'm not sure in the towns. I just Easton, know. Raymond, Taunton, Bridgewater, Norton, West Bridgewater. How many is that? Six so far. Plymouth, Bristol. That's uh, towns. Uh, six Bridgewater Triangle towns spanning two counties. Plymouth and Bristol in, in there. And like you said, Rob, it's a pretty big area. 200 square miles. That's a lot of territory to be having activity like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So where do we want to start? I mean, you forgot giant monster black dogs. 
Oh, you gotta have dogs in every type of. I didn't of... even have that one. I said phantom panthers. That's kind of close. Those are more like giant cats. I couldn't get past the thunderbirds because I actually had to look up information on just th- not thundercats, thunderbirds. <laughs> well, let's let's start down let's start down that road. I know when we first talked about this show, you were like impressed with the whole thunderbirds thing. So what do we got going on with these creatures? So, thunderbirds are again related to native american native american is real big throughout this whole bridgewater triangle and it comes up over and over and over again this native american connection um but thunderbirds they say are part lizard part bird they can have a wingspan from anywhere from 8 to 18 feet sounds like a dinosaur okay that's exactly what people say it looks like some kind of you know pterodactyl or something of that nature um but huge huge birds that's um that's impressive, Isn't actually. It? I would probably be pretty scared if I saw that. Yeah. It's like Jurassic Park. Could you imagine right. if that thing took a crap on your car? Go! <laughs> Could you imagine if all of these things showed up at once? I know. Oh. Anaconda snakes, thunderbirds, panthers. Phantom panthers. Bigfoot. Giant werewolves. Aliens. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And we probably would never have our camera on it for it when all that happens at once, Well, right? we're going to find out. Oh, because we're going there. We are going there. We're going to do a road trip. Yep. Maybe grab a hotel or a motel out there. Hotel, motel, holiday inn. Yep. That would be, you know, that might be a good trip for us. Oh, it's going to happen. We should. We could record a live podcast from the Bridgewater Triangle. Many researchers have gone up there and many researchers have come back with evidence. And many have never come back at all. And you know what the best thing about it is? Tell us. We don't know a single group that's ever done it. I bet you everyone in Massachusetts has. No, but we don't know a single group. No, we group. don't. Out of all the paranormal groups we know, we don't know a single one that has ever You know done who's it. up from that part of the woods? Jeff Belanger. The woods, literally. Oh, I didn't see there it is. Yeah, the woods. Yeah. From that neck of the wood, neck of that part of the town. Um, yeah. Jeff Belanger's up there. He does a lot of his work up there. Um, I yeah, wonder I used if... to get his um, his newsletter. Oh. Yeah, yeah. he sends nice. a newsletter via email. Ghost Village. Yes, Ghost yep. Village. Yep. Maybe we should get in contact with him and see what, what the, the dealio is up there. Okay, so Thunderbirds are big. People are seeing them still, or what's going oh, yeah. on there? Well, the earliest, I don't know what you guys found, but I found that the earliest um, documented sightings of paranormal activity go all the way back to the 1700s. I did not see anything that far back. I only have two stories, but they're not that old. Oh, I got some some older stuff. So, what you have some recent things? I have um, from the seventies and the nineties. Okay, so way even back before that, and you might have something about King Phillips. You have any of this information? Ah, no, I might have missed. So him. the whole idea of this is that there was a war, a battle that took place. Way, way, way back in the day. Okay. Between King Phillips and a Native American group there. Oh. And supposedly, the whole reason why all this stuff happens is because it, King Philip won, and the Native Americans put a curse on him in the land. They're always throwing curses on right? people. Just so saying. You, so you think that, you know, uh, I don't know if this is true, but the Hockamuck Swamp. Which is a huge swamp that is in the middle of this triangle right has a lot of stuff so do you know what the what the translation of hakamak is i do in algonquin places where spirits dwell that's right so they knew all the way back when they named it mm-hmm. that there was activity happening there 
Mm -hmm. So it has been going on forever. They buried people there. Indians buried people there. There are Indian burial mounds. There is a place called Indian Rock. There is all kinds of stuff happening there that has to do with Native Americans. So that is the history that I have as to the only explanation to why all of this stuff takes place where it does. And this swamp is like the center, what do you want to call it, vortex. It is like the place to be if you need anything shaking and baking out there and everything around it. You know, the Indians, they had a really big respect for this swamp and it was awe because it was so big and it was their, mad, as they say, magical place. But... um the swamp instilled all kinds of fear in the colonists. So it inspired certain nicknames, the devil's swamp, the devil's bowl. And so right there you have, you have a little bit of this legend building and it's like most things fear-based. So once we dig into what is actually happening there with all these different, you know, different sightings of, you know, aliens, uh, three foot people, there's gotta be some type of, something that's keeping it cooking so rob you got anything on that or where we might think what's causing all this stuff out here i mean i don't know you could you could have like a million different theories but it's interesting it's very similar to like uh skinwalker ranch and like even more locally maybe even like hinsdale to a smaller extent but it's just like one of those pieces of land where just like it's a hotbed for stuff like this and who knows if it's just the history of what's happened there or what's buried there or even of course going into the whole dimensional thing to that dimensional bleed through like maybe these creatures and things are things bleeding through from other dimensions i mean who knows i'm definitely going to go with some type of um dimensional thing because you cannot have all this activity just happening uh on like command and it's it's you know, you're going from, you're covering, like you said, the Skinwalker Ranch had everything. This thing is like part two of it, but on the East Coast. So what is going up there? And when we talked about our, our skin uh, Skinwalker Ranch, our conclusion came out of there that it was, they were in some type of veil or something where they can yeah. come out and leave different dimensions. You know, your Bigfoots, all of that stuff was happening at different times, but there was just so much evidence of things that just did not make sense. Yeah. You know, you're, this place has the uh, the fireballs or the orbs. I mean, people are seeing this to this day. They're seeing this out there. Yeah. So, I mean, like a lot of places claim to have certain paranormal activity. You know, like it's the claim that they're haunted or the claim that there's UFOs around or Bigfoot. But then, I mean, places like this, they add so much more to it. So much more things that are just like so much more bizarre that you don't really hear about that often like the phantom panthers and the thunderbirds and the werewolves and all sorts of crazy shit well the the people who live on the fringes of that uh the, the swamp they hear human-like screams there's they feel like uh they're being watched all the time when they're near this thing so there's definitely a eerie type of thing going on you know uh there's Near the swamp with the homes, there's a poltergeist activity going on. So, you know, what what actually happened? You know, maybe a massacre? I mean, yeah, you got the curse, but... Well, yeah. Knows? I mean... The result it's... of the battle and then the curse. I mean, there was blood in the, on the ground. You so know, do you... So do you... Were slain. 
So you think that's a lot of that that negative bad energy still sticking around that mojo is still working keeping Well, it's very possible. The other thing that I think we have to look at is that this is like natural forest land. It's protected. It's deep forest. So there's already a sense of foreboding. You know, when we talked mm-hmm. about the haunted forest episode yep. and how just because of the fact that it's just deep forest like that, people automatically get disorientated. They don't know. They get lost. They don't know which way is back and forth. And people, the first and most common things that people report is feelings like they're being watched, paranoia, things like that happening. So, you know, just the environment itself is already breeding those things in people's minds. You know, you're already on edge thinking that, you know, something is not right. So it's prime for anything to happen. Well, you know, there's another thing that we forgot to put in there that with every good location like this, we got to have a few of our people out there practicing some uh, satanic rituals. Yep. And maybe... Which really makes me mad. Because did you see some of the pictures of the so-called satanic rituals that were going on there no well there is an article there's a really great website um www.thebridgewatertriangle.com there's a bunch of articles in there and the boston globe or uh, one of the local papers had run some articles about some you know satanic rituals Mm -hmm. stuff that was going on there and the picture that they showed was a pentagram made of stones And it really made me mad because anyone that actually knows anything about that stuff knows that the pentagram is a protection symbol and it's not used to conjure the devil. So So, if people are out there doing things that are satanic in nature, they obviously either have absolutely no clue what they're doing. They did not read up. (laughs) No. They like went out and saw a movie on a Friday night and decided that's cool. Um, so I find it hard to believe, like, it's not that I don't think that people are going out and doing things in these woods, but to say that it's satanic ritual is really not proper because that is not, you would not be using the pentagram if that's what you're going to be doing. Well, they're saying to this day, even, you know, currently you see people, it's not uncommon to see people in, uh, you know, hooded people practicing rituals still. So you think they're there to try to clean it up or you think by them doing their rituals and stuff, they're either keeping this curse or spirit alive or they're bringing in more negative energy to the the whole thing and just adding, you know, fuel to the fire. Well, I think it's like anything, you know, Rob just brought up the whole thing about Hinsdale and for those people that aren't from our neck of the woods, (laughs) Hmm. um, you know, Hinsdale has a lot of the same kind of stuff going on. It's a house in the middle of nowhere that has been on this plot of land that people have seen everything from UFOs to ghosts to, you know, orbs to all these things happening. And I think that, you know, when we went there, we saw beer cans stomped into the ground because kids had obviously been up there partying. Yeah. So well, they got the house, you know, so. Right. So I think anytime there is, you know, legend, it's going to bring those thrill seekers in trying exactly. to do things that they shouldn't be doing. That's why it brings the uh, goth kids trying to do their little amateur satanic rituals. Right. Or they're just, so, you know, you got your kids there who just want to party because it's a place that's empty. <laughs> yeah. So you don't even know what you're walking into. But, you know, let's step back a little bit. I mean, this swamp, I guess, you know, it has a lot of power because it's really got these people spooked. And, you know, there's a couple stories out there about the, um, there's people go out there hunting. Um, a couple, just it's of a couple years ago. Um, became the two hunters became disoriented and lost their way 
and time was gone or disoriented and it took them hours to be found. That's how big the swamp is. So I don't know if it's just something that happens, but if you're a seasoned hunter, you're out there, are you going to fall prey to this whole idea? You know, are you going to, to the lore? Or are you just saying, ah, oh, you know what? I lost track of time. I'm, oh my God, where am I at? And you go into a panic mode. I mean, you just don't know what's, what's real and what's not when some of these stories come back. Like anything. I don't know. Um... So I found a little bit more about the whole King Philip thing because I thought that maybe you guys would have touched on that in your research, but um, I had only known very little about it. But just so we're all on the same page and there's a little bit more background to this. Um, so this was a, the bloodiest battle that they say was ever on American soil, and I don't know how true that is because the Civil War was pretty bloody. Yeah, but, that was a mess. You know, so this is... Um, the war lasted from June of 1675 to August of 1676 and was unfathomably barbaric. So butchering, beheading, kidnapping, burning towns to the ground. The war was filled with torturous corruption. The most horrific act was the death of King Philip himself. So this is an actual quote from um, a manuscript that talked about how he was killed. And it just says that Captain Church ordered his body to be pulled out of the mirror to the upland. So some of Captain Church's Indians took hold of him by his stockings and some by his small breeches, being otherwise naked, and threw him through the mud to the upland with a doleful, great, naked, dirty beast he looked like. Captain Church then said that for as much as he has caused many an Englishman's body to be unburied and to rot above ground, that not one of his bones should be buried. And calling this an old Indian executioner, he bid him to behead and quarter him. So as Church promised, Philip's rot in the sun, he never buried his body. His head was sold to the village of Plymouth for 30 shillings, where it was staked and proudly displayed at the Plymouth Fort for the next 25 years. So 30 shillings, what is that in inflation terms? What's that for the standards? <laughs> I have no idea, but it's probably a pretty extensive amount of money. Yeah. So... That was how much this man was hated for all of the atrocity that he had done throughout this whole battle. So when you think about it, I mean, that is... He, he, That's a lot of hate. Yeah. All and concentrated in this one area. Hate so breeds. It's a hotbed for pretty much any crazy thing you could think of. Yeah. I, yeah, because hate breeds it hate, you know, so it... So there's you could just, stick around, definitely. There's just some other weird things that, that happen on this property, too. So there's a building called the Rainham Power Plant, but I'm using power plant air, cord, air quotes because they don't really know what this building was used for. It's just no. an abandoned building that no one knows what the purpose was, no one knows why it was built, but it's still there. And then they also have Indian Rock there, which they believe is an ancient burial ground, but it has these really strange niches in the rocks. So if you go and you see any pictures of it, it's almost like there's places in the rocks that are built out. So you, it's almost like little caves that you can actually like sit in, mm, like okay. triangle style. Yep. And no one knows what the purpose is. No one knows why it was built that way. But it's they're scattered all throughout. You know, there's one in particular Indian rock, but all these little things are scattered throughout this triangle. So, this is a, it's almost like a big, I mean, we have part of the history, but we just, I don't know if we can't line the history up with, you know, the activity, 
I mean, you know, how do you how do you blend this all together and make this this work? I mean, it's just you know, we're working on a folklore, but there are people that lived in those townships that can swear by you know crazy stuff happening there. There was a gentleman there that um, lived there for like 17 years, and he was out on the river and he noticed something weird going on in the sky, and he said there was like 20 crazy shaped lights that were silent and they were all around and he couldn't figure it out and to this day he knows it wasn't any type of normal aircraft so you know people walk into these things if you figure you live there 17 years ah, I've never had anything happen I've been out in these forests the swamp forever and then one day it's like well where is this coming from and why you know yeah exactly I mean there's another story that I got it's just very brief uh, there's not a whole lot of information on it and it's probably because it came from an actual police officer patrolling um, you know the area he's just driving around this because happened back in 1970 um, he claimed that this police officer claimed that the a Bigfoot showed up and it lifted the back of his squad car so I mean I mean the story little stories like this are just did he fingerprint the car? He should have. Right? But this is 1970, so... But still, wouldn't you have done that? Wouldn't you think to have done that? I would have looked for something. I would have looked for Bigfoot fur. I, I don't know. Some scat? I mean, yeah, maybe he was crap... Maybe the cop was crapping himself because the Bigfoot was lifting up the back of his car. That's I don't possible. know. Do you think this police officer would have lied about it to rustle up maybe the, the you know... The folklore no. goes with this place. I can't see a police officer doing that because they've got to worry about their credibility. You know, their job is on the line. Just like Especially, pilots seeing UFOs. Yeah. You know, they're they afraid. Do. Yeah. But obviously this so, came out. Yeah. I mean, um, there is one other story that I found extremely interesting. And I have a lot more information on that. Okay, so... Here's this story. This is my favorite story to come out of the Bridgewater Triangle. Um, 1990. A man by the name of Bill Russo was uh, walking his dog. Roof. 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 Ruff. 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 Roof. Roof. No, I forgot what the dog's name was. I think it was like it was like a people name, like Samantha or something like that. Not Scooby. Not Scooby, but it was like it was like a German Shepherd. So it was a big dog. It was badass. Did he get Scooby oh, snacks? No. Anyway, so, sorry. So Bill, sorry, Bill. Bill, he worked. Um, he worked like a three to midnight shift or something like that. That's three to nine, happens. something like that. Yeah. So he came home and he had to take the dog out for a walk, you know. So it had to do its business and whatnot. And so um, this one particular night, they were out for a walk at around midnight, and they, he took a slightly different path than he usually takes behind his house. And he lived, of course, right in the Bridgewater Triangle. And as him and his dog are walking, he begins to hear something kind of strange. And the dog starts to get scared. And again, like I said, this is a German Shepherd. He said the dog was, you know, not something to get shaken up very easily. And eventually he came up upon this spot in the street. There's a street light shining down. And this small, this is how he describes it, three to four foot creature fully covered in hair, hair, stepped out into his view, and it was speaking to him. That was the noises that he was hearing. And at this point, the dog is really scared, and he just freezes, because it's not like anything he's ever seen before. 
and he says that this thing said this, and he just kept repeating, E Wan Chu, Kier Kier. It just kept saying that over and over again. Did it use a very high-pitched, childlike voice to say it? Uh, no, he didn't really describe exactly how he, how it was. Uh, its voice was. Because that's how I picture it in my head. Yeah. It may have. I don't know. I mean, it's a three to four foot tall creature, so you, you never know. Um, <laughs> but later on, um, so what happened was he uh, he did not go any closer to this thing. Him and his dog, he turned around and he went back home. And he didn't say anything to anybody about this for the longest time, but obviously it shook him up to the point where he did not sleep all night and he was thinking about like what this thing was saying. You know, it said... And he believes that it was speaking English, and what it was actually saying was the Iwan Chu was we want you, and the Kier Kier was come here, come here. So he thinks it was trying to lure him into wherever area in the woods it was coming from, this three to four foot tall furry creature. So, I mean, he put this story out there. And there's a lot of theories that people believe it was something known as a Puckwudgie. Ouch. Puckwudgie. Yeah. Puckwudgie. Puck Where does somebody get one of those? Because I think I might like one. A Puckwudgie? Um, <laughs> apparently the Bridgewater Triangle. Um, so it's an, a Native American folklore slash legend. Just like the Wendigo Wendigo. And the term Puckwudgie actually means person of the wilderness. And so, some uh, characteristics of the Pukwudgie, they can appear and disappear at will, uh, they can transform into half-porcupines, they could use magic, they have poison arrows, and they can create fire at will. What? So it's almost like a little sprite or a little fairy. Kind of. So um, or more like a brownie, because it's, it's a little nasty. Yeah, because here's the other part about these Pukwudgies. What they're known to do is lure people into forests where they kill them. And I guess the rumor, or well, not the rumor, but the, uh, the belief is that they can't actually approach their victims. They have to lure them. So this is exactly what this thing was doing to him. It was trying to get him to come into the woods. Um, some people believe they're elemental in nature. I was just going to say, could that have been a, a fall under the elemental? Yeah, they trick people. They're troublesome and scary but not necessarily dangerous. So some people believe they kill you, some people believe they're just troublesome and tricky. So it's a dirty version of our leprechaun? Exactly. Now if you remember our leprechaun episode, leprechaun, leprechaun... I think me and Allison remember the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I almost instinctively right just went to go and drink. Yeah. Leprechaun, we're going to learn. I actually used this story as inspiration for one of my fake leprechaun stories. I replaced the Pukwudgie with a leprechaun. Oh, look at you, sneaky. Yeah, that's that's where I get that inspiration from. But this is really interesting because something very similar happened to me one time, believe it or not. Is this a Puck Wedgie Con? No, this is very real. This is very, very real. <laughs> well so, played. <laughs> I was walking in the like near the woods one night, because you know the, there's some woods near the uh, Parababel Studios here, and this... A small creature just like stepped out into the street in front of me and it was like three to four feet tall covered in hair 
and it was saying things unintelligible, sort of like you want to cure cure whatever. But I kind of understood what it was saying, so I followed it a little bit. Unlike this guy, I mean, a crazy ghost hunter, mm -hmm. I go towards the crazy shit, and um, I don't know. I must have like walked through some sort of interdimensional time rift or a portal or something. Well, we have lost him before. Because he wants you. Come here. Come here. Eat you. Eat you. I ended up on in this like forest, and there was a whole bunch of these creatures then. And <laughs> you can't even say I... this with a straight face. Stop it. <laughs> so we can't look at you for the rest of this. There's these three to four foot tall little creatures covered in hair and they're in the woods and eventually they start talking and I couldn't really make a whole lot out. I did kind of get that they were like in some sort of a conflict with uh, an empire and I was on the forest moon of Endor. Is, is where I actually was. <laughs> oh, goodness. And so, these little creatures, they were helping uh, the Rebellion fight against the Empire. Wow, this is a great story. Keep going. And so, um, they were trying to blow this, this little... It was a forest moon, I guess. Is where these oh, okay. creatures lived, and um, the 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 small creatures. <laughs> exactly, that's how they were talking, and uh, they lured me in there to help them. Uh, I don't know what they thought I was going to do. I mean, save the day because the people that were helping them, they had like all sorts of like crazy futuristic like weapons. I mean, it seemed were they future. aliens. They seemed sort of. I mean, some of them seem a little alienish. There was one really tall one that was really furry. They was seemed... it a Bigfoot? Was Bigfoot? I, he might have been, but he was making a lot of noise. Not as far as I know, Bigfoot does not make a lot of noise. <laughs> kind of like that, kind of. But they had all these weapons that they seemed futuristic, but at the same time, I kind of felt like they could have been like from a long time ago in a galaxy, like really far, far away. Far, far away. Rob, this is that's amazing. So, that's what I believe was going on. So how did you get back? <laughs> I don't even know what to say at this point. This is a very serious topic that I was <laughs> no. super excited about. Because I got a great story. I can't wait to go to Bridgewater just so the Puckwookie comes out of the... And jacks you one time. Yep. <laughs> oh, they're going to kill the crap out of me now, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to give you any marbles to distract them. They're going to get you with blow darts. So... But isn't it, don't the Pugwudgies, the way they sound and the way they're described, they're Ewoks. Come on. I didn't think that until this point. That's the first thing I thought of when I, I heard the story. I was thinking like little Tasmanian devils with like some type of intelligence. Well, actually they are. Um, Jersey devils? This, like guy, the this guy who uh, had the story, he had a sketch of what he saw. Oh my god. Don't worry, I'm not going to show you guys a picture of an Ewok right now. Although, <laughs> if you've gone to the Farewell Facebook page, I'm sure there's been plenty of Ewok pictures. So you're going to 
But this is what he said he saw. And I will post this up on the Facebook. It's like a little monkey man. That's, yeah. um, yeah. So check it out on Facebook.com slash Prairie I will post the uh, photo of the puck wedgie. Um, Me, Mario, come here, come here. So with that little, uh, what he thought he was saying, what was he saying? Iwa, Iwa, Chua, 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 it said It said, Iwanchu, Kir, Kir. And okay. he thought it translated to, we want you. Come here, come here. Can that kind of be like, maybe he was trying to put him in a trance? Just kind of like get him off and pull him in? I don't know. That's not under the list of Pukwudgie talents and abilities. But that's the only thing he kept repeating. Yeah, he kept saying the same thing over and over again. And, you know, I wonder if it was in a comforting voice, too. Well, it's almost probably like, you know, it's you can kind of make it out, but you can't, so you're like, what? Right, you're, so you're kind of getting what? lured in. It yeah, almost, you're coming closer and closer trying to figure out what's going on. It sounded like he... This puck wedgie, it kind of like knew English, but it didn't. You know, it was like trying to imitate our language, but it didn't quite go there. You know. So with this massive like slaughter that took place on this land and the swamp in this area, you know, we look at this because we see such we 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 see like all this violence and everything, you know, this negative energy stays there. So we get this response that sometimes as humans, we pick up on what causes, and we can take the Skinwalker Ranch, we can take the Bridgewater, um, Swamp, uh, Hockamock. What, why do we get such a mixture of different characters and things? Is there like a big scramble that happens and all our molecules or whatever was there gets mixed up? And then you come out with like, you come out with like this, like, you know, your little miniature Ewok or Puck Wedgie. You know, what, what caused that to come out where it's doing that? You know, what causes like some of the strangest things that people see? Like, Well, everyone always says like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. It can't happen. But the Galapagos Islands have animals that are only on the Galapagos Islands, not found anywhere else in the world. So is it possible that there could be some point in the United States that contains things that aren't anywhere else. I mean, I guess you kind of have to say it. I think maybe, but at the same time, it's like, you know, the Galapagos Islands, like you go there and those animals are right there. Whereas Bridgewater, it's, it's kind of strange. I mean, there's no pictures of them. There's no video evidence really. But who's really tried to get it? That's the other thing. You're out walking your dog. You don't have a video camera with you. I don't know. Yeah. So... Would it be safe to say for all of this stuff to happen, like everything that we've described in this Bridgewater Triangle, it needed that negative, twisted energy, that death, for it to be seen and develop, where as humans we might be able to come across some of this weirdness? I mean, it could have started that way, but now all the people going there with that same feeling Intense. could be feeding it. So you have more and more, and it's growing and growing. I think there's only one way to figure this whole thing out. We have to go there. We do. We oh, I thought, I thought you were going to say flatline. No, we got to go there for ourselves. Oh. Yeah. I'm thinking that'd be a really cool trip. We have to probably look into things. But it's, just, it, it's funny how like it takes all this negativity, not just this place. Now, you take any other place you want. It takes all this negativity or some type of energy in order to cause, it's a cause and effect for this to happen. You might not get, <clears throat> you might not get something like this, obviously, in a place that has nothing with the land, but well, negative energy is also the strongest kind of energy, right? And it we fight it longest, every day, right? It lasts the longest. It has the most residual effect. <clears throat> 
it's the most emotional of, of all the emotions. So it leaves the biggest imprint behind. Uh, it's just, you know, I, it just popped into my head that way. It's like, wait a minute. You got all these like furry creatures and weird looking things and shit that happens that no one can believe. Is that just because that negative energy that just said, you know what? We're going to shake you up and throw you out there and see what happens. And I'm sure some of it is probably imagined. And yeah, Absolutely. You know? But at the same time, what's the difference between this guy taking his dog for a walk and running into a puck wedgie and someone in Ireland swearing up and down that they saw a fairy ring and fairies? I don't know. I don't have that answer. I can believe going into a swamp that's huge and you feeling like somebody's watching you. Yeah, you're in the middle of a forest swamp area. Definitely, you're going to get that. Does it have to have, you know, your whole EMF beaming in your head? No. You can just be in a creepy place, period. That is realistic. But a puck wedgie, you know, shooting darts or whatever it does, or iwa iwa jawa whatever it does to get you there, I, that, sometimes it's just a little far-fetched, but... But if you think about it, even in just regular ghost hunting terms, if you go into an asylum and you're going to try to ghost hunt, what do you think you're going to find there? As opposed to if you go to a place that has a great, happy history, what do you think you're going to find there? Right. Are you going to be more likely to have activity in that old, haunted, creepy-ass asylum than you would from this lovely old mansion where nothing bad ever happened? Exactly. I, yeah, I under, yeah, I get that, but... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you're absolutely. already going in thinking... So you're putting your brain in that place. You absolutely are. So we're going to go to Bridgewater, and we're going to be like... But we're experienced. Bring so me the puck wedgie. We are able to... Or puck wedge. We're able to stay balanced and grounded during investigations. But the average person going in there Wanting not, to see. Right. Wanting to believe. Right. And things are... Thoughts are things. Right. So we just happen to have a couple areas around in the United States that are really heavily negative to begin with, right? Absolutely. And we can we There's can a lot add of violence in the very short history of this country. Right. So we could add fuel. People can add fuel to that fire. Right. And if you're going in there thinking you're going to see some kind of beast and you know some kind of small raccoon runs through the woods, does that then turn into a, a panther in your brain? Matrixing. You know, you're you're in a forest, so you're not going to get a clear shot of anything. Right. Maybe sometimes you see an Ewok and you mistake it for a puck wedgie. That happens? What happens if it's a puck wookie? Ooh. I think those are taller. That, that's just <laughs> that's like... That's more like a Wendigo? Well, I mean, if you mix a puck wedgie with a wookie, <laughs> you probably get something about... Ap it's Bigfoot. <laughs> All I know is if we go... It. If we go... We crack the code. <laughs> It only took us 20 episodes. That's the genetic That's the genetic tree right there. All I know is I'm bringing Slim Jims. Mild, medium, hot, and honey barbecue. I'm bringing some Ho-Hos and some ribs. Pea-soaked ribs. Pea-soaked ribs. I'm hoping that Puck Wedgies don't get iTunes because they're probably going to be pissed at me for comparing them to Ewoks. Well, is your planet going to have like just a forest on it? The forest moon of Endor? Yes. Okay. God, I feel copyright infringements all over the place. <laughs> I don't. This seems like a very interesting place. I think um, it definitely. You know, we should look into this a little further. Yeah, and if anybody out there wants more information, um, there is a documentary 
that is all about the Bridgewater Triangle that you can get to mm -hmm. through YouTube or through Vimo or uh, some other things. And it seems pretty interesting, you know, pretty informative as far as, you know, these types of things go. So if you're interested, definitely check that out. Again, um, www.bridgewatertriangle.com. It's got a lot of good information. You know, you, you kind of have to dig here and there, but there is some stuff out there. Yep. I think this is a pretty good episode, guys. I think so. Um, so where are we at? Parababble.com-ish. Twitter, you can find us. <laughs> All of us. You can find us everywhere. Parababblepodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Twitter at Parababble. Yep. Facebook.com slash Parabell. Yes! Oh, look at that. iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. And yes. maybe soon to be on Instagram. And we're looking to be on yeah. Instagram. Well, we are on Instagram, but we, but we got yeah. we to post stuff. We gotta, we maybe there'll be stuff. stuff. We got to get an intern to keep and, pumping and out this maybe stuff. Maybe a... We're Parabell on Instagram, by the way. Maybe a Periscoping? Periscope? Come up at some point Periscoping. Soon? Yeah. Maybe okay. you can see our faces when we really laugh. <laughs> no, no one wants to see that. No, we'll figure out some ways. But <laughs> hey, again, thank you all for listening to Parababble tonight. I mean, we we wouldn't be here without people listening. Yes, we would. Yeah, we would. I, know. <laughs> I say <laughs> that. We would. But it's it's great to know that people actually take an interest in some of the stuff right. we talk about. Right. So send about. us emails. Send us messages. Tons of emails. Let we're, us know. We're worldwide. You know how to find us. International. We're we're global. Yeah. So. This is Jeff signing off. Allison is out. That's weird. I just said that in the third person. I don't like it. I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> I am out. Rob? And this is Rob going to uh, help the battle for Endor and uh, fight against the Empire. Don't get lost. Make sure you make it back for our next episode. I'll try not to. Okay. It's Barry Babel signing off. See you next time.